Today's episode is going to be about the Antichrist. Who is the Antichrist? What does the Bible say about the Antichrist? All this and more on today's show. This show is dedicated to making Bible prophecy simple. Our agenda is clear. Reveal the future and show you how to prepare for it. Jesus is coming soon, and it's our goal to help you be ready. Welcome to the Bible Prophecy Show. Thank you for joining us on the Bible Prophecy Show. My name is Brian Gogler, and with me today, Reverend Brian Smith. Great to be here. Well, today is going to be exciting, and I think it's going to be very interesting for the listeners. And one of the reasons would be because of the topic. The Antichrist. Everyone has heard that before, haven't they? If you haven't, I don't know where you have been. Yeah. Regardless of their background, religious background, it doesn't matter. That word has been out there. Mm-hmm. But today we're going to find out and dig in what does the word of God say about that's, the Antichrist. That's really all that matters. My opinion doesn't matter. Aunt Susie's opinion doesn't matter. What matters is what the Bible has to say. Great point. But before we go any further in the show, I want to clearly state our purpose. We've talked about this quite a bit. There's three things we really want to achieve in this uh, episode and every other episode that we have. Number one is equip. We want to equip you with the knowledge of the end time events so that you can have a better understanding of the word of God. And number two would be motivate. We want to motivate you to be ready. Draw closer to Jesus Christ. We want your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life so you can achieve the purpose that God has designed just for you. Amen. And number three would be to provide. To provide an outreach tool for you to send to your coworkers, your friends, your loved ones, to win them over. We want as many as possible to be a part of the second coming of Jesus. And number four, we want you to lose weight and look great. (laughs) If you listen to this podcast show, that's exactly what's going to happen in your life. I'm not so sure about that. Your money back guaranteed. (laughs) All right. That was funny. I want to make sure that we just get started and dive in because... We are addressing the most common questions people have about the Antichrist. And we're going to start, Reverend, with uh, who is the Antichrist? Well, you know, the Antichrist is the world political dictator that's coming on the scene very soon, according to the Word of God. And according to uh, the Bible, and actually you can find this information, uh, a lot of it on even Wikipedia has it. Okay. The word Antichrist is translated from the combination of two ancient Greek words. Anti and Christos. Anti, of course, meaning in the sense of against and opposite, but not just against, in the place of. So when we say the word antichrist, we're saying somebody's coming in the place of Christ, against Christ, in the opposite of Christ. So, Like substituting himself for Christ, essentially. Absolutely. Okay. That's a dangerous place to be. (laughs) Very dangerous. The Antichrist in Christian eschatology, and eschatology just means uh, the study of Bible prophecy, refers to people prophesied in the Bible to oppose Jesus Christ and to substitute themselves in Christ's place right before the second coming. So not only is it an individual, but it's also a group of people that choose to replace Jesus Christ with either someone else or either themselves because now this is dangerous because what can wash away my sins nothing but the blood of jesus so if you substitute jesus christ for yourself or for someone else whoever you're substituting in the place of jesus you better make sure that they have enough power to wash your sins away 
because my Bible says only the blood of Jesus can wash away our sins. Wow, that's good. So the term Antichrist is actually um, used four times in the New Testament. We have examples of this in First and Second uh, John. The Bible says in First John two and eighteen, "Little children, it is the last time, or it is it is the dispensation of grace." And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come. Now notice that singular Antichrist. You've heard that there's an Antichrist that's coming. Even now there are many Antichrists, plural, whereby we know that it is the last time. We know that we're in the dispensation of grace. We are in the age of the Antichrist coming because there are many Antichrists or many people that are opposing Christ right now. But he said, you've heard that there is an Antichrist, this one individual, a singular individual coming. And that's the political dictator of the world. I want to ask you this because, again, these are the most common questions. And that is, what titles are used to describe him in the Bible? I know you mentioned the word Antichrist is an actual word they use, but what other words or terms are used to describe this guy coming up here? Yes, so there are three other major images that are often associated with the Antichrist, and that is the little horn. He's called the little horn. Um, He's called the man of sin. That's in Paul's second epistle to the Thessalonians. He's called the beast in the book of Revelation. That's what he's referred to most often, the little horn, the man of sin, and the beast outside of, of course, the Antichrist. But he's called many other things in Scripture, too. He's called vile, for one thing, in Daniel. He's called that wicked or that wicked one in certain translations. He's also called that prince that shall come. So, uh, But he's never called handsome. He's never called holy. He's never <laughs> called cool or good or righteous. Nothing you mentioned there is something I would ever want to be called or hope that anyone I know would ever want to be called. No. Everything that references the Antichrist is, is bad. He's a bad dude. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and jump into the book of Revelation because uh, I know there's some scriptures there we wanted to talk about. And um, let's go with chapter 13. So Revelation chapter 13, what would be the best verse for us to start in? Let's go to verse 4. Verse 4. Okay. Yeah. I'll read that one first. Okay. Now I'm reading from the King James Version. Revelation chapter 13, verse 4 says, And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? I want to stop right there and make sure we identify a couple characters here. Yeah. And so uh, when they mention the dragon, when they mention the dragon, they're talking, the Bible is talking about Satan. If you read Revelation chapter number 12, verse 9, it lets us know exactly who the dragon is. And it says very plainly there that the dragon is Satan. I'll, I'll read that. And the Can devil. I that? Yeah. I got it right here. Revelation 12 and verse 9. Okay, here we go. I'm going to read that because that's, that's important. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So, very plainly, we see that Satan is the dragon, and verse 4 in Revelation 13 says, and they, the people of the world, worship the dragon. They're going to worship Satan by worshiping this man called the Antichrist. So they're going to worship the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. Now, the beast is in direct reference to the Antichrist. So the scripture is saying that the Antichrist, this political world dictator that's going to be filled by Satan himself to try to get people to worship him instead of Jesus Christ as God, 
This man is getting his power from Satan himself. It's not just wow. some dictator wakes up one day and says, you know what? I want to be known as God. No, he's going to get possessed by Satan. He's going to have the power of Satan working behind wow. him. And uh, this it is, says it right here. It's very plain. The dragon Satan gave his power into the beast, which is which is the Antichrist. Uh, I'll read that. Let me read that one more time. Sure. Now that we know the dragon is Satan, the beast is the Antichrist. So when I say those, it might it might form a little bit different picture in our our mind here. Right. And they worship the dragon Satan, which gave power unto the beast, and they worship the beast, saying, "Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him?" Wow, I'm going to read one more. Verse 5. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue 40 and 2 months. So the Antichrist is not going to be a quiet fellow. He's going to have a whole lot to say. He's going to speak great things. I think that when we hear uh, what he has to say or whoever's here on this earth to hear it, I believe their draw is going to drop open and they're going to say, I can't believe... Anybody would say things like that. And he's going to have a, gr a mouth speaking great things, not good things, but things that are amazing to pe for people to hear. They're going to be shocked when they hear them. And blasphemies. And by that, is, Scripture is saying that this man is going to claim to be God himself. He's going to say that Jesus Christ wasn't the true Messiah and that he is the Messiah and that he is God. I'll read verse 6 there in chapter 13. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. Can you believe the nerve of this guy? I mean, he's going to blaspheme the name of God. Well, what is the name of God? Jesus. So he's going to be talking bad about Jesus Christ and his tabernacle. And we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So he's going to be talking bad about Christians, about the church and them that dwell in heaven. I can imagine him talking bad about Moses and Elijah and whoever else is up there. You know, on one hand, I want to say, boy, he won't be hard to uh, recognize speaking all these things. But I got to tell you, people say horrible things about Jesus right now. It's because they have that same spirit of Antichrist in them. That spirit's already working. It was working back in Paul's day. It's still alive and well today, unfortunately. That's a good point. Let me go ahead and read verse 7 then, again in chapter 13 of Revelation. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints. And to overcome them, and power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. Now that shouldn't surprise us because persecution has always been a part of the church from the get-go. We've had Nero that came and tried to destroy the Christians, and you know they were feeding them to lions in the Colosseum, and so persecution has has always been around. You know, I I got a book because I've been studying this so much lately, and wow, it's just a heavy book, and I don't mean the weight of the actual book. Yeah. It, um, it's called uh, Fox's Book of Martyrs. Oh, yeah. I've heard of this book for decades and just never bought it and read it. The whole book is thousands, if not tens of thousands or more, of witnesses starting from the disciples and onward all the way up to the mid-1800s, mm -hmm. all the people who have become a martyr for Jesus Christ. And there's a tremendous amount. What makes it so heavy, because that— it's a great thing to know that you gave yourself for the Lord. But what makes it so heavy is the horrendous, torturous ways that they've been tortured. It's just awful. I, I mean, it's really hard to read through because of that. And it's not just men, it's women and entire families and that. So you're right, though. There has been 
tribulation that the saints have had to endure, really. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, I, I hate to hear of anybody suffering. History teaches us that 11 of the 12 disciples, the original disciples who became the apostles, were martyred. And they tried to kill the apostle John also by That's boiling right. him in, in oil, but it didn't work. And the devil thought, well, if you can't kill him, you know, maybe we can isolate him. And he put him on the Isle of Patmos. And even there, the devil couldn't shut him up because that's where God gave him the book of Revelation, which we're still talking about today. That's right. That's a great, <laughs> that's a great point. Glad you mentioned that. Uh, let me go ahead and read verse 8 as well in chapter 13. And it says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life, of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So some people think we will not be here to see the Antichrist, speaking of the church. Some believe that we will. Not getting into that today. The point is, whether we are or we aren't, whatever you can do, whatever you have to do to not worship this individual, do that. Scripture says we are to worship the Lord thy God only, and him only shalt thou serve. And so Jesus Christ is the object to which we should direct our praise and our worship to, and not any political leader coming on the scene. That's a great point. You know, um, another question we had here for most commonly asked questions when it comes up to this subject, is the Antichrist mentioned in the Old Testament? We've just read New Testament and Revelation. Yeah, he actually is. That's a great question. He's mentioned quite a bit in the book of Daniel. He's called the Prince of the Covenant. He's also called that vile person. If you go to Daniel chapter 11, verse 21, Daniel 11 gives you a great rundown of his entire reign. He's not serving a long time, which is great news. We just read the Bible verse that says that he's only going to rule for 42 months, 1,260 days, three and one half years. So he's serving less time as the world dictator, as Trump did in his first time of office. Okay. So he's not going to have a long time to rule, which is good news. Yeah, that's good news. That's not very long, three and a half years. Like you said, a term is for presidential terms, four years. It's less than that. And if you read Daniel chapter 11, where it begins in verse 21 and throughout the rest of the chapter, it talks about three wars that he has during that short tenure. So even in his short three and a half years, he's fighting different wars. So, you know, he's got his hands full, thank the Lord. Yeah, he's got a lot on his plate, sounds like, for sure. Wow, that's really good. Well, now it's time for Bible Trivia. Bible Trivia, Trivia, Trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah. I love it, Thanks. All right, so here's what we're going to do. This is going to be interesting because we're going to read a story in the Bible from the King James Version, and we're going to ask at the end of the show today four questions, four, four things you're going to have to identify that you're going to need to know was, and here's what they are. There are going to be four things you're going to identify. You're going to need to know the certain prophet, okay? You're going to have to identify who the king was in the story. You're going to have to identify who the book of the Bible or what book of the Bible it was written. And you're going to want to be able to know what's the chapter in Samuel. Those are the four questions that we're going to ask. So what's the scale of this? So like if I get one correct, what would that mean as far as my spiritual Oh, the scale. Yeah, that's just, this gauge. is a good part. All right, this is a good part. Ready? All right, here we go. The scale. If you get one correct, mm -hmm. if you get one question out of the four correct, then that means, what do you think that should mean? I think that means you paid attention in Sunday school. Okay, good. Yeah. You paid attention to Sunday school. But if you get two correct, I got this one. I got it. If you get two correct, mm -hmm. that means that uh, God will bless you for reading your Bible often. You must be reading the Bible a lot. Must be. If you get three correct, then you must be saved. Let us know when your podcast is started. <laughs> That's good, right? You get three out of four, you're, you're plugged in. But if you're truly plugged in and you can get four out of four correct, 
That means... That means you're on your way to heaven. Save us a seat. You're probably already eating at the marriage supper of the Lamb right now. Definitely. If you get four, that's fantastic. Uh, Hold on. Wait a minute. What? What about the flip side? If you get none, do you need to just drop to your knees and repent? (laughs) Because obviously... You don't know anything about right. I hope that doesn't happen to anybody. But now I want to hear the story because this is great. So let's just rotate back and forth. We'll read the story. Again, you're listening for four things, a prophet, a king, and then we'll ask you what book of the Bible and what chapter. Those are the four things you'll have to identify at the end of the show. Okay, now it's time to read the story. This story is out of the King James Version Bible. The only anointed version. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway. The only thing, we're going to read it word for word, but the only thing we're substituting is instead of the name of the prophet, we're just going to say a certain prophet. Instead of the king's name, we're going to just say the word king. Okay, Okay. so that's, but everything else, we're just reading it straight up word for word. And then there is a part in here where we might go ahead and kind of translate it to make sure everyone understands. But let's just dig in. Sure. Here we go. And the Lord sent a certain prophet unto the king. Yeah. And he came unto him and said unto him, there were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing hmm. save one little ewe lamb, Aww. which he had brought and nourished up huh. and grew it up together with him and with his children and named him Billy Bob. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. It doesn't say named Billy no, Bob. No, that doesn't say that. But it does say with his children. It's just like his pet. It's his pet. It's like part of the family. He only had one and he made it his pet. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. More than just a pet, like a daughter. Family, family. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him. So I'm just going to interpret that real quick or translate, I should say. Mm -hmm. Essentially, what it's saying is that though he had a lot, he chose not to take any of his. Yeah. But he took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was to come. In other words, he made dinner out of poor Billy. This oh, no, family. not the pet, the, like yeah. a daughter? Yeah. Terrible. And the king's anger was greatly kindled against the man. Mm-hmm. And he said to a certain prophet, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. So the king is saying, tell me who did such a thing. Yeah. We need to put that man to, to death. Whoever right. did this... It's that wrong. Yeah. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold. He's going to pay it back because he did this thing and because he hath no pity. And a certain prophet said unto the king, Thou art the man. You did it. It's you, buddy. Huh. Wow. Okay, so that's the story. And uh, think about that. Now, here's the thing about these quizzes that we do like this in in episode quiz. It's really kind of off the top of your head. Most people aren't going to have time to look it up, which is great. So you'll get to test that. We have another question here and we want to make sure we get answered today. Sure. A lot of people ask and are wondering, the Antichrist, is he going to be like a religious leader? Not really. I think he's going to be more of a politician, but he will have a sidekick alongside of him and he will have a religious leader that is promoting him, which we will talk about probably in episode three. Okay, that's good. So is he from Europe, or is he going to be from the Middle East? What do we know? Well, that's a great question. According to the Bible, he has to come from Rome. There's a Bible verse that says, The people of the prince that shall come. Now, the prince that shall come is speaking of the Antichrist. 
the people of the Antichrist shall destroy the temple and Jerusalem. That happened in 70 AD under Titus, and it was the Romans that destroyed Jerusalem and the temple. So the scripture is painting a picture that the people of the prince that shall come. In other words, the Romans shall destroy the temple. So the Antichrist must come from the Roman descent. Now, that being said, Rome back in the day also incorporated, you know, Turkey, Syria, the Ottoman Empire area, areas that are now Islamic. I see. So it could be that, you know, the Antichrist is, uh, you know, a person of Roman descent, but yet still a Muslim. We don't know that. I'm not saying he will be a, a Muslim. I'm not saying that he will not. But we do know that he has to come from Rome. Okay. All right. I want to interject right now. I appreciate your ability to take these complicated things and make them very simple to understand. And I think that's really a lot of what we're building on in the Bible Prophecy Show. In the Bible Prophecy Show, we're taking things that otherwise would be confusing or complicated, and we are making them in something that is simple and easy to understand. And so I appreciate that. How long have you been talking about the, uh, I guess, Bible Prophecy? I've been studying Bible Prophecy, and I've been a student and a lover of Bible Prophecy for about 25 years. Wow. Yeah, I don't claim to know I knew you're everything old, about that. Ooh. Hey, watch it. watch it, buddy. I can reach you from over here. <laughs> All right, so 25 years, that's fantastic. Okay, I have a question right here. I've got to read this one. It says, is the Antichrist fat? Is okay, wait, that wasn't even fat? a joke. I'm reading this question. <laughs> well, you know, there are people out there that have that question in the back of their mind, and I know where that question comes from. Uh, Daniel chapter 7, verse 20 says that he will have a look that is more stout than his fellows. If you go to the Hebrew word that is used for stout, it's defined as greater or more chiefly. So the answer to that question is, I don't know. It could be that he's just, you know, <laughs> he's maybe he's muscular. Maybe he looks more like a leader than people that are around him. You know, there are political leaders right now that don't look too tough in offices. And I'm not being political. I'm just saying there are people <laughs> in gotcha. office right now that don't look too strong. Well, the Antichrist is not going to be like that. It, it, you're not going to be able to just push him over. He's going to look like a real leader. So Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for taking that so serious. I wasn't sure if it was just going to be something you brushed off. But no, you took it serious as a professional that you are. All right. Well, I'll try. And now it's time for our personal application. And I think, Brother Brian, you have something for us today. Yeah, I'm going to take this one today. And this is a point in time where we want to share something of ourselves, something that we've learned or experienced that could apply to the scriptures we're reading yes. or simply that could help the listeners at home. And my personal application today is something I've learned after digging into the book of Revelation. You see, for much of my walk with the Lord, of, by the way, mm-hmm. last year, 2023, I celebrated 40 years of having the Holy Ghost, having the Holy Spirit. Yeah, 40 years. I'm very excited about that. Okay, so that's the good part. The bad part is that what I'm admitting in front of everybody today, and that is when I get to the book of Revelation through all those years, I often will read my Bible through in the Bible charge, and I'll read it through, and that's about it. It, It's heavy. It's complicated. Uh, I haven't spent a lot of time in it. I, I I haven't been studying the book of Revelation like other books. And I've just kind of, you know, read it and moved on. Sure. And so lately, because I've been spending so much time studying and praying over Revelation, what's come to me that's blown my mind and that I've found I've been missing all these years. And that is the incredible prayers 
that are offered in heaven mm. unto the Lord. And wow, when I get into my prayer closet and I play my my good godly worship music, I say praises unto the Lord, you know, and I've said a lot of different things, but I realize I tend to say the same things over and over. Sure. Praising God. Thank you, Lord. Of course, you know, the Bible says our father who art in heaven, how be thy name. You know, it's a great way to start your prayer, but I'm saying praises. But when I got into the book of Revelation, I took it into my prayer closet. And in chapter four, the Bible talks about the four beasts that are saying praises to the Lord. I'm going to quote it right here. It says, holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And I would now be, and now I say that out loud. And I have my Bible right there. So I, I'm, I'm saying it word for word and realizing that that's the kind of praises that are given up to the Lord. And as I say that over and over, I could feel the presence of God. And then in the same chapter 4, verse 11, I just slide down and it says, Another, this is the four and 20 elders. They're falling down before him. And they are worshiping him. They're casting their crowns. But here's what they're saying. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure, they are and were created. So now I implement that into my worship. Now there's a whole lot more in Revelation like that. But those are two I'm giving an example. And now it begins to create a different worship atmosphere i realize i am not worthy who am i these amazing beings angel angelic presence are worshiping the lord using these words i'm nothing before the lord it's really a humbling experience and it's really helped shape my prayer time in my prayer closet you know a lot of people are kind of afraid of prophecy they're afraid of the book of revelation so they steer clear of it but here you are saying that the book of Revelation and the prayers that are found there are finding their way into your prayer life. And so just another way that Bible prophecy is beneficial and, and helpful. I love that this is a personal application. It's taking something that, you know, a lot of people may overlook the whole book of Revelation. I've heard some people say, well, you know, nobody really understands Revelation. So mm -hmm. I don't read it. I steer clear of it. I'm afraid of it. And since nobody's talking about it, you know, nobody understands it. You know, it doesn't really apply to my life, but really it does apply. Absolutely. I mean, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Here they are praying worthy to receive glory and honor and power. That's wonderful things that we can incorporate in our prayer and our praise and our worship. That's a great point. You know, I spent a lot of time as a personal trainer back in the day, and I understand that, you know, how important it was to feed your physical body throughout the days the right elements, the right carbohydrates, fats, and all that type of thing. However, it's just as important. No, it's more important that we're feeding our spiritual body. And we do that with prayer, with fasting, with reading, with worship. And, um, and that's really what we're trying to provide with our Bible Prophecy Show, another way to help you grow spiritually. Absolutely. All right, let's get back into, before we end this program, Reverend Smith, I want to address this one last question. I think it's, it's kind of all-encompassing. So mm -hmm. it's how does the Antichrist fit in the end times? And I want to make sure we present this and we'll talk about it more in our next episode because we don't have time to get into it. But if you could lay out a little bit of timeline, let's start seven years before the return of Jesus Christ, the second coming. Okay. Just explain that a little bit going into next episode. It'll make more sense. 
Okay, yes. According to Daniel 9.27, all of this begins basically with a prophecy that has a time attached to it. The Bible says that the Antichrist is going to confirm a covenant with Israel and many other nations for seven years. So there's going to be a seven-year, a lot of people have called it a peace treaty. Uh, however it's going to be called, it's, it's basically a confirmation of the Abrahamic covenant. The Abrahamic covenant says that Israel has a right to exist in their Jewish homeland. The Antichrist, along with many other nations, is going to sign a seven-year deal saying that Israel does indeed have a right to their Jewish homeland. So that's the seven-year peace treaty, if you will. Bible says when that seven-year peace treaty is signed, you have seven years to the second coming of Jesus Christ and the Battle of Armageddon. Okay, so the Antichrist is going to be one of those signers. Doesn't mean he will be revealed when it's signed, because many people are going to sign it. But three and a half years later, he will be revealed, and that's going to be in the middle of that seven-year period, which will be three and a half years later. There's an event called the Abomination of Desolation that happens. Now, I know that's a mouthful. Wow. The, huh, what? Say that again? Abomination of Desolation. It rhymes in everything. <laughs> okay. So we have a seven-year period between the treaty being signed mm -hmm. and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Yes. Right in the middle of that seven years mm -hmm. is this event called the Abomination of Desolation. Yes, and that's where the Antichrist is revealed. That's actually where he begins his reign of terror. Scripture says that he has 42 months, which, as you could probably do the math and figure out, that's three and a half years. So he's going to rule from that midway point all the way to the very end, where at the Battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ, he is destroyed. So that's the timeline. All of this ends up with a final seven-year period, which begins with a peace treaty, and ends with the Battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Well, that looks like we have a lot to talk about going into next episode. Mm -hmm. So thank you for laying that out. All right, now it's time to get back to the trivia. Yes. You know how many people have been thinking in their mind those answers to that question? I wonder how many are spiritual and how many are carnal. How many are going to have to repent and how many are on the way to heaven? Is that what you're saying? That's exactly okay. what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, here we go. The certain prophet... Drum roll. The certain prophet in our story today was Nathan. Nathan. All right. So if you knew it was Nathan, good for you. That's one. One point for you. We're not talking about hot dogs. No. <laughs> I'm not sure what that's There's a brand of hot dogs called Nathan's. Oh, I don't. What part of the country are you from? I don't, I don't ever... know. Okay. Anyway. All right. So Nathan was the certain prophet. <laughs> all right. Continuing on. The second. The king's name was King, King King David. Oh, King David, right. So Nathan was the prophet, King David. So congratulations. If you guessed that and you knew that, good for you. You've got yes. If you got them both right, that means... Uh, you God, read your Bible. You read your Bible. Mm -hmm. All right. The third was the, what book of the Bible? Now, this can be tough. Um, yeah. When I first saw these questions, went through it, I got it right, but I was really... I was like, oh, it was close. And that is the book of the Bible is, Reverend? Second Samuel. All right, Second Samuel. Now, here's the last one. If you got this right, wow, I'm impressed. We'll even give you a clue. It's the same number of the tribes of Israel. Nice clue. Yeah. And that would be 12. 12. So Second Samuel chapter 12, you can read it. If you got them all right, 
then good for you. You are spiritual, you are saved, and you're on your way to heaven as long as you've obeyed Acts 2.38. All right. And you know what? You can read that whole chapter next time you sit down for your Bible reading. Yeah. Go to Second Samuel chapter 12 because you get to read the rest of the story. We didn't read the whole thing. Yeah. So it's something for them to do. That's your, that's your homework until next episode. You got homework. Read that out. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Bible Prophecy Show. Of course, next week we're going to be continuing our talk about the Antichrist. We hope that you're there. But remember, the most important thing that we've learned and talked about today is be ready. Thank you for joining us on the Bible Prophecy Show. Tune in next week for another exciting episode. Or visit us online at BibleProphecyShow.com where you can listen to all of our podcast shows, enjoy our blog, and learn how to be born again to make heaven your home.